Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for the best bank in the United States, and I didn't just make that up, that's the results of a Forbes survey in which Renaissance finished in the top 10 in that survey. And there's a whole lot of banks in this country. So if you finish in the top 10 in this survey, you're doing pretty well. And I think that uh, result that they received in that survey is one I've experienced for myself in my dealings with Renaissance Bank. And if you're looking for a better experience, a banking experience for your business, my suggestion is go to Renaissance Bank, find one of their local offices, some 200 or so around the Southeast, and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Christina Rebel Otterbach, and she is with CRO Management Consulting. Christina, welcome. Good morning, John. Thank you very much for having me here. Hey, it's great to have you. Let's talk a little bit about how you're serving folks out there at CRO Management Consulting. I'm working with my clients to help them address their pain points and also um, to really build value for their company so they gain personal freedom and business freedom. They can do what they want. They are not slave to their business and really leverage it for how they want to live their personal life. So we are basically a, a industry agnostic advisory firm located in Alpharetta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and we just moved from uh, Peachtree Corners. And um, so we find our clients very often through referrals, CPAs, bankers, maybe mm-hmm. even Renaissance Bank sure. <laughs> um, might, might refer us uh, to our clients because we usually come in and we get a good thorough overview where they stand, you know, what is their challenge, what triggers their challenge. And um, then uh, we kind of build a plan with them. Where do they want to be? What is the strategy? And so we're using first, if they have their own resources, sometimes we bring in other resources, other advisors, you know, other institutions. So to really uh, do an individual program for them, uh, which makes it successful and sustainable. Awesome. That sounds like quite a quite a uh, menu there. I love it. We're going to get into some of that in a second, but let's talk about your journey, uh, the background and experience that you bring to the table in your own firm now. Yes. So I think you have to know that I'm born and raised in Germany, uh, but we've been living here in the States for over 20 years, and I've always worked in internationally and globally uh, operating organizations, smaller, larger ones. And uh, I learned my trade there. I'm coming with a finance strategy, organizations, management background, lived and work in different countries. Uh, I'm aware aware of the cultural uh, challenges, you Mm. know, which occur sometimes. And so after having done that for over 20 years, working for, for global organizations, I thought I put out my own shingle and I really get uh, with clients and don't only serve them the financial side, but look at things uh, comprehensively, holistically, and help them to be successful. And that makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
what brought you to Georgia? Why 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 Atlanta in the in the Alpharetta area? It's always the husbands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we That's... we used to live on on the west coast in okay. beautiful Bend, Oregon, for a long time. Okay, and um. Then um, my husband wasn't in the fuel cell business, and so that just took a change, you know, and so he had to look for, for another opportunity, and he always wanted to be in Atlanta. I think it came from a previous business visit, okay. so we just packed up and we moved and actually drove to Atlanta from Georgia with my daughter wow. because we just wanted to uh, get yeah some impressions of this beautiful country. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. So... Let's talk a little bit more about what you do with your clients. So um, maybe we can talk about the pain points that you see. And, and I mean, we're, we're supposedly out of a pandemic. We've mm-hmm. got a recession that seems to be looming, although we don't know that necessarily for sure. Maybe some people do. Mm-hmm. But um, um, so a lot of cross currents, um, rising costs. What what are some of the things you're seeing and the pain points that you're seeing with your clients? I very often see that my clients, A, don't fully understand their cost. You mm. know, what are um, fixed cost, operating cost, mm-hmm. what are variable costs, you know, um, increasing, decreasing with the levels of revenue. I see that very often um, if you look at their team, their staff roles and responsibilities are not very clear and uh, that for what the business really wants to do, you might have not the right talent on staff, things like that. I see that repetitive tasks are still done manually rather than using systems, you know, or the right processes. So I usually see those things, but I also see that they are not um, a finance right, you know, they don't have access to to the funds they need. So that's where a good banking relationship, you know, proactive thinking banker, bankers are important. Uh, sometimes I see them very often focused on saving taxes rather than paying a lot of taxes, but paying them the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so things like that. And that's how we get in, you know, and, and we really find out, um, you know, what the issues are and where they want to go and how we can help. That makes sense. So the, when you walk in, you, you get a client and uh, you're referred to them, how does that conversation unfold and how do you diagnose those different issues, right? Where where they are on that? It's, it's a combination. I mean, um, I'm trying to, to create a trustful environment so we can openly talk. You know, I always start with, signing confidentiality agreement so that they really have also a sign that whatever they share is kept confidential. Then it's it's like a discovery interview. I have tools like an assessment tool where we can see where they stand, which areas in their business are like on par with the industry below or above. Mm-hmm. And uh, so with, with, with those information we gain, you know, we usually can start uh, making an action plan and kind of highlight, you know, what the issues are. And I very often see when they see that report that um, their perception is not really overlaying with, um, you know, some of the areas they, they could do better in. And do you, do you find that um, clients, and we're talking companies of what size let's clarify that real quick 
Well, it can be as small as three to five million in okay. revenue. It can go up to fifty, sometimes even hundred million in revenue. Okay. But I would say my sweet spot is five to fifty. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, what do you find in terms of, I guess, maybe the self awareness of what the problems are mm-hmm. in in management of companies of this size? Mm-hmm. I I see that they're very much locked in in what they've done so far. Mm-hmm then often egos are coming in. You know, we're proud of what we are doing, right? Mm-hmm. And for a while, it was the best which could happen. But we kind of, um, time kind of outpaces ourselves, you know? So mm-hmm. if I'm staying long enough, I have to replace what I've done at some point. Right. And that's sometimes very hard, you know? Or I see companies not ta- taking like a wellness check, you know, regularly, like your doctor would do for for yourself, and um, so those those are just the areas that they're so busy working in their business, they are not working on their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those would be just some of the, the things I'm seeing, you know. And then sometimes relationships, you know, especially um, you like people very much, you know, you don't want to hurt anyone, but sometimes you hurt your business if you don't have the right people in the right spots. So kind of making those moves that you have the right personalities and skill sets in the right areas uh, is, is really, really, really important uh, to the success of a business. And um, uh, the relationship issue with that um, can be hard to manage. One of the things I think you're talking about, Christina, if I, if I may, is, is you're talking about an, it really bringing an independent perspective to that uh, owner, that CEO, that maybe they haven't had for a while, or yeah. maybe if at all. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of, it's almost like an eye opener or putting on a different lens, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that's what we pride ourselves to be, you know? And uh, I mean, not just with, with the experience I bring to the table, but also with the network I'm a privilege to have, you know, we can really bring in all the expertise, but it really starts with the clarity. You know, mm-hmm. you have a perception of a problem or something doesn't quite work well. Right. And on the other side, what is it really, you know, and digging deep that you really find the root cause and you can kind of find facts and data and numbers, you know, to, to kind of back up those issues, then it doesn't become emotion anymore. Then it's really fact, and then you can do something about it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Christina Rebel uh, Otterbach is with us, folks, with CRO Management Consulting. So talk a little bit about value and how you see value. And I'm referring, we talked a little bit about this before we came on. Um, value is an important construct, concept, I should say. Yeah. in what you do. Yeah. I think I just highlighted I think it's just a fact out there that companies, you know, which which want to be profitable, they 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 need to um base their work on on value, the value of their customers, the value of their employees, the value of their systems and their social environment that, you know, stakeholders want to uh, join. Uh, that organization and work with it, whether it's employees or suppliers or customers, right? And um, so what I've seen is that a lot of people just look after, okay, um, how much cash can I create? You know, how much profit can I generate? But if somebody comes by and say, you know, I'm interested in your company on top, 
you know, and uh, can we talk? And then we start talking and we do a due diligence. Then there, there's a list of issues they use to kind of reduce the value they would pay you, you know, or the amount to pay you. <laughs> right. And um, I think in order to, to, to really um, build that asset for yourself, you know, and for your employees or for the stakeholders, uh, you really need to focus much more on the value and do the right uh, decisions. And sometimes they are not the most convenient ones, right? And especially uh, privately held companies where the value uh, of a company um, might be like 80% of their personal overall um, you know, assets, um, it's important to kind of run and groom and grow um, that 80% piece well. You know, I'm, I'm interested when, when you were talking about the different um, elements of value in a company, you mm-hmm. mentioned suppliers, you mm-hmm. mentioned systems. Uh, I dare say a whole lot of business owners would not say, uh, think of their systems, think, think of their suppliers and think mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, I mean, what, what happens if you make a commitment to your client and you cannot deliver? because your supplier is not in line with you. Mm. You know, what is it if you cannot offer the price your, your client wants because your costs are too high, because you're using people for repetitive tasks, which can be done by systems. Mm-hmm. Got it. Does it make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. And I, I think it's a, a very intelligent way of looking at it that I hadn't really thought of. So I like it a lot. Um, um, Let's talk about a uh, what an engagement with you looks like. So you come in, you diagnose. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens then? So yeah, let's say I'm uh, there. There are two types of engagements we're working with. One would be, you know, if there is a real issue, you know, and we come in on a project basis. So same thing, you know, would come in, would do the discovery, would do an assessment, and then we would make a plan you know, scope of, of what needs to be done and, and, and the client would agree or, you know, we would have to alter it. Uh, we have another offering which we actually developed uh, throughout the pandemic. It's some type of value business coaching. And uh, so we, we have software which kind of supports that. We have tutorials which mm-hmm. support that. It starts with an assessment. You know where you stand. Then we really, really look at the um, goals of our clients uh, make an action plan for a year, and then we kind of guide them through the eight areas of, um, you know, where we see the most value being left on the table or be, being able to be grown, and um, then kind of guide them through that, through tutorials, through exercises. And so those are kind of like the two things. So our engagements can last from six months, you know, to um to a year or even longer, mm-hmm. but I've done like just one day, you know, just recently I helped a client, they had uh, an issue with their a billing process and I just worked with their team and it was eye opening for them what they could do and they don't need it, didn't need me after a day and that's fine too, you know, um, but I was happy that they, they kind of um, freed up, you know, that skill to look a little more uh, critically Mm. at the business yeah, rather than being stuck in the business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I like that because uh, what, what what you're doing is showing folks value of the outcome mm-hmm. that goes well beyond what they were expecting. Yes. Usually we find 
a whole list of things, you know, and it's up yeah. to them whether they want to address it or not. But with the initial discovery and then the assessment and the work together, we always leave an engagement with saying, okay, here is, you know, what we found, here's what we have done, and here's what you might want to consider addressing going forward. Got it. Got it. Let's talk a little bit, Christina, about um, uh, having uh, being the subsidiary of a company. Uh, company in Germany, Austria, mm-hmm. wherever, um, and the cultural issues that you see, because this is a highlight for you and your work, uh, what, what are some of the things that you see there that uh, companies need to be aware of and plan for? Yeah. I I mean, I my, my whole um, professional career, I kind of worked with the same issue, working with, with, with companies, um, who think they know the culture of another organization, or not organization, but um, also the area they're working in, and uh, it's coming from that we are not we are not listening. We think, for example, if I'm in Germany, I might have spent some vacation in Florida, or so might have traveled, but there is a difference, you know between uh, really living somewhere, you know, um, having to uh, feed a family or, you know, doing other things there and just really understanding how business is done on the other side, you know, and I don't want to talk about sides, but in that case is how is business done in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or why do the German headquarters or the the Swiss headquarters or the Austrian headquarters or the Dutch headquarters, why why do they ask for what they are asking? Why do they run their business, you know, the way they do? So it's really the whys. And that might be um, manifested, you know, in, in the culture of the homeland. It might be um, manifested in the situation the company is in. It might be triggered by what the goal is. So, and we need to take the time to understand that, you mm-hmm. know. But we also have to always remember that we deal with people. For example, I have worked a lot in the uh, M and A world, you mm-hmm. know, growing companies with with acquisitions, and um, you, you you fall in love with someone, a company, right? right. You want to get it as part of your company. But how would it look like, you know, if you integrated it, you know, would they still be able to maintain what you love them for? Mm-hmm. Or are you kind of suffocating it, you know, with uh, your your requirements, you know, things like that. And it's, it's, there's so much potential, but there's so much potential destroyed, you know, because we're not taking the time and we're not having the strategy in place. And very often the acquirer doesn't have the means, you know, whether it's financial or systems, you know, to really uh, manage that well. So uh, that's, I think that's my, yeah, I really love doing that work. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You've because got- I suffered through it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've got the scars of the t-shirts, right? Yeah. yeah. See yeah, here. <laughs> right. I'll, yeah. Um, let's talk about it, it um, going the other way for, yeah. for companies in the U.S. that mm-hmm. um, are contemplating going to, a European country mm-hmm. or some any country. I mean, t- talk about some of the things that they need to be aware of mm-hmm. and, and, and factor into those plans. Yeah. They need, for example, anyone who would want to uh, go to Germany, do, do business there is like 
um, Germans love the Americans, right? Uh, they love the creativity and the potential in this country, but they have a need for organization and a need for structure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be very um, limiting to, 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 to U.S. people. And here in the U.S., you know, we were very much um, sheltering, you know, our, our families, our personality, um, we, we, we have our privacy in Germany, you know, you like to be in groups, you know, mm. and sometimes, you know, that doesn't give you that and, and kind of being aware of that, um, is, is, is really important. Um, being, being, um, connected to some of the organizations, you know, which help doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm very, um, involved in the German American, uh, business and cultural, uh, community here in Atlanta and the mm. Southeast. And um, so, for example, there there is one organization which um, really tries to attract U.S. companies in a certain state in, in, in Germany. So they have the means, they have the connections, you know, they, they can provide resources. And I would always say, find somebody in Germany who knows the U.S., you know, you can have there on the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, just transplanting someone from here who, who doesn't know the, the, the business there, the culture there, just like what I said before, the other way around, sure, right? Absolutely. Uh, applies for that too. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Christina, let's talk a little bit about business owners that are planning an exit mm -hmm. and they, they want to get their company and I guess as optimum a position as they can, yep. as they think ahead. Uh, let, let's address, I guess, how you work with clients like that. Yeah. So with, with exit planning, um, we're always thinking about a, a three-legged stool, right? Uh, one leg would be your personal situation. What do you want? You know, very often business owners, the company is their identity. So how does life look like? after the exit, right? right? Do you just want to play golf? Do you want to travel? So mm -hmm. how does it look like after a year? You know, what, what do you want to do? Second thing is your finances, how your finances um, uh, should look like so you can kind of maintain uh, the standard of living you want to have and do the things you want to have. Maybe you want to get into philanthropy. How does that have to look like? And the third one is, is, is the business. So um, we... We look at the timeline we have first, mm -hmm. you know, we have uh, tools where we can kind of really assess that how ready are they for an exit. Sometimes an exit needs to happen or a transaction needs to happen because of health issues, you know, or be because of a divorce. Then you don't have that much time and you cannot do uh, enough um, to, to prepare that. But again, so we start with the personal side. What's the timeline? Then we kind of say, okay, uh, what's your financial situation? What do you need to, to, to get out of it? And then we kind of see where does the business stand? You know, what's the current value and what needs to happen to get to the point, you know, you need to be. So you as the business owner and your family or the business owners and their families, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of achieve the goals they want to do. Right. With that. Okay. Um, how many years ahead should somebody be bringing somebody like you in? Ideally, three, five years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you can start very low key. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then get ready. Sometimes you, we only have six or nine months, you know, that can be done too, but there's just so much you can do. You know, for example, you cannot, you cannot um, build a real solid, good customer base, you know, in six months. Right. Right. 
Right. But you can, you know, tweak your systems, you know, uh, in a certain way you can bring people on, you know, that's more short-term things. So, um, And I take it by low key, you mean not blowing the trumpet and saying, hey, we're going to start exit planning for exactly. five years from now, right? It, it, yeah. Exactly. That, and it's just exit planning for me. I don't like the word, you know. Right. It's, it's kinda, it has kind of like something scary about it. Something died or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. So, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what are the maybe um, biggest mistakes that you see that folks, when they look to plan their exit, what what are some of the mistakes they make? Sounds like not starting early enough. Well, that's always, you know, time is always, but I think one of the biggest one is, is the dependency on the owner. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the owner is not able to, um, uh, remove herself, himself from the business. So the business could work without them as well. So clients would appreciate the company and seek the company the same way or decisions can be done in a timely manner. Uh, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest issue, especially for the smaller ones, Mm -hmm. you know, for the larger ones, it it would be maybe things like um, really not looking uh, for, for, having too too wide of an offering, right? So um, you cannot provide the quality or, or the price, you know, you're losing yourself, you know, and you're not standing out, you know, within the competition. Mm. That could be something with the larger ones or not having the, the right infrastructure operation-wise, you mm-hmm. know. Operations needs to deliver, right? Right. So those are the areas which need to, to work like clockwork. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um it would be great if you you're in the confidentiality business, so you can't mention names. But if it would be great, maybe if you could share a success story, uh, a, a, a client relationship and mm-hmm. transformation that you help bring mm-hmm. about that's illustrative of mm-hmm. the great work you do. Yeah, I have simple ones and and complex ones, and I think I'm using a simple example here. Okay. And it was actually my first project when I came to Atlanta back in 2013. I um, I worked with a professional services firm. I mean, they they um, provided IT staffing, you know, very very high level, uh, from staff org to really um, finding the right people for for their clients. Mm-hmm. And um, they their 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 request was like, we need uh, c- controlling, we need cost accounting, you know, we need to understand our cost. So I kind of uh, got in and, and worked with their accountant. It was more like a bookkeeper than mm-hmm. an accountant. And um, so we looked at, okay, why, you know, well, first of all, what, not why? What are our, our margins, you know? What's our uh, bank balance, you know? How are clients paying, you know? Um, do we have to write off um, any 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 receivables? And so we kind of put a picture together, you know, which which told us that um, okay, we're not very disciplined, you know, in how we um, how we gather the information from our from our contractors to to bill our clients. Mm-hmm. So invoices were not clear clients wouldn't pay them, right? Then they would stretch um, payment terms. Sometimes they would use the client as the bank, things like that. And so after about three to six months of work together, we were able to kind of, um, you know, redefine certain processes, change uh, behavior, 
And uh, we freed up like half a million dollars for my client in cash. Oh, wow. So he didn't need to use his line of credit, didn't need to pay interest. And he could actually invest in hiring a couple of key people he needed to grow. And I mean, he has sold the company just a few years ago for mm. a real good amount. So That's I awesome. helped him to find a controller. So That's awesome. Wow. Great work. Christina Rebel Otterbach. And she is with CRO Management Consulting, her own firm. Uh, Christina, this has been great. I can't imagine there aren't some folks that would like to be in touch. So let's give them directions on how they can do that. Well, there are three ways. You can call me, 541-598-6534. You can um, find me through email, cro at cromanagementconsulting.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Terrific. Christina Rivel Otterbach with CRO Management Consulting. Christina, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick idea for you. If you're looking for a different idea for your team building activity because you don't want to uh, have to be calling 911 for broken ankles and skinned up knees and what have you, I've got an idea for you. It involves standing around a stainless steel table seasoning meat and cutting up vegetables. And that's what happens in team building activities at ANS Culinary Concepts. Yes, they're an award-winning culinary studio and they do corporate catering and all that uh, good stuff. Executive Andrew, executive chef Andrew Traub, though, he has uh, developed a team building activity uh, that he does there in his studio, uh, culinary studio, that's terrific. And I think you will surprise and delight your team if you uh, book a uh, book an event there. So give Andrew a call, 678-336-9196, or go to asculinaryconcepts.com and check out uh, his facility. It's a great, beautiful facility in Johns Creek. And folks, just a quick reminder, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. We would love it if you are not already subscribed to the show, if you would do so. North Fulton Business Radio is the search term. And if you found something in this show or any of our shows uh, that you think would be helpful to someone else, please share the show. Um, We would love it if you would help us celebrate the great work of business leaders like Christina and those others that we've had on the show over these past uh, six plus years, almost 500 episodes, folks, it's coming up and we're going to celebrate. So for my guest, Christina Rebel Otterbach, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.